to Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Wednesday, March the 24th, 2021. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, Hey, Joel, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you, as usual, from Brooklyn, New York. My hot take this week has to do with obesity a uh, huge health problem here in the United States. Um, and in a lot of states in this United States is now a uh, eligibility factor for um, for COVID vaccinations. And my hot take is that we have to change how we assess whether or not a person is obese. And I have a bit of a personal stake in this because the last time I checked the body mass index, which is what tells you whether or not you're obese, uh, it said that I was morbidly obese. And I am a big boy, and I'm not going to deny that. And I would uh, accept the the classification as being obese, but I will argue to my grave that I'm morbidly obese, because that is soon to to visit grave because you're so obese. Right. To my heart disease ravaged grave. Um, This came up in the sports world. This pertains to this podcast, of course, because uh, a lot of the NBA squad, New Orleans Pelicans started receiving their COVID vaccination shots because the, the, the threshold for obesity is 25 body mass index, which I don't even understand what the fuck that means, but uh, body mass, the, the threshold for obesity is body mass index, which is uh, your height and your weight to height ratio based on your age. So all of these NBA players who are by all like metrics, the most fit and healthy people in the fucking world are actually technically obese and getting COVID vaccinations. And I actually have no problem with them getting COVID vaccinations. Like if people are going to be playing basketball or any sports for that matter, I think, or except for maybe tennis, they probably should get vaccinated because you can't socially distance when you're playing basketball and you shouldn't have to like worry about that. But all that being aside, like those guys aren't obese and we should probably re uh, investigate how we're classifying that. A nice, tidy, short uh, body shaming image episode. I like it. Let's do it. Uh, I think. I think the my one concern with that is, uh, you know, your uh, um, the word that you're concerned about is the word obese, uh, not obese, morbid, right? right? There seems to be like an ethical connotation to the word. You know, oh, you're not just obese. You're 
morbidly obese. Right. I think morbidly adds a certain tone to it that I would find distasteful if I was classified as that, which I might be. I haven't reached, I don't know what my body mass index is. You're kind of a skinny guy, aren't you? Yeah, you're skinny, dude. I'm getting, I got a, I got a little meat on me these days. Yeah. <laughs> and it happens to the best. Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's a good, that's not just a beer gut. That's like a. For the listeners at home, I just stood up <laughs> on the camera. I, well, the thing is, is also that I don't think that there's any classification above morbidly obese. Right. Which means that I'm in the same qualification as the guy who they have to cut a hole in the wall when they die on their recliner to get them out of their house. Maybe their door is broken. Don't hold that against them. <laughs> yeah, you're deaf. You're defcon one. That's what. That's what you are. Yeah, that's a pretty big blanket. Yeah, so I meant not the one that has to cover that guy's dead body. <laughs> <laughs> like, not the one that has to cover my fat ass. But the... <laughs> that would have been the better choice there. I, I went with a harsher tone. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I mean, everybody who needs to get vaccinated should. I think the other kind of flip side of the of the coin that you're bringing up, Sam is that being, according to the body mass index, obese does not mean the same thing as unhealthy, right? right. Like there's, there's overweight and unhealthy, and then there's also like overweight, but, you know, perfectly healthy. I, I get- I think, uh, good. I think I fitness buffs would tell you that love. being overweight, it gives you, it adds a strain on your body that not being overweight does, you know what I mean? Like it's- yeah, no, I know, but it I, exacerbates I, just, all problems. I get I get pissed off at like the the ethical, uh, like as a as I believe it's safe to say, all of us have smoked cigarettes for many many years of our lives. Well, that's I, also that's also a vaccination qualifier. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Like it's unhealthy, but it's not like morally wrong. To smoke I mean, I think you have. I, I think you have to look at like who you know by state by state is who's deciding who's a, a should be available. You know, should be allowed to get these things. So I mean, like, I, I, if they're being scientific about the distribution, I think everybody should go when they're able to. Like, if you're if you're a, if you're allowed to, you should go do it just to pick. No, up absolutely. That's the concept, but. Yeah, well, I think we're not really discussing COVID even at all. We're just discussing the the designation morbidly obese. So never mind. Right? Is Zion Williamson morbidly obese? <laughs> exactly. He right. probably is because that probably. dude is like stacked. You know? Yeah, that dude is like six eight, three hundred pounds. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like yeah. LeBron James is like the most morbidly obese person on the fucking planet, probably. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we fully understand this concept. But. We don't know what we're talking But neither do they if they think the players for the New Orleans Pelicans are morbidly obese. Is it, yeah. I mean, it's a so, no, I was talking to Eli about this earlier, and there's no accounting for body fat percentage in the obesity classification, basically. Right. Well, interesting. All right. Well, nice, tidy, uh, tidy episode on 
Body uh, shaming. Body shaming. Let's do That's that. After misogyny and racism, right? Yeah, it's on the list. <laughs> we're adding it to the list. Well, we're gonna have a busy off season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Also joining us, as per usual, is Thomas. Thomas, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good, Joel. Uh, happy to be here. I'm coming to you from Seattle, as usual. My hot take is that uh, I guess it's that I'm underprepared because I was scrounging to come up with material to talk about for my NL West preview and therefore forgot to come up with a hot take. So I think maybe we should just talk about Eloy Hina's defense. Scores <laughs> <laughs> now Eloy zero, the wall one. Yes. The wall is not as for like. I really hope it's not career de- detri- detrimental, and I hope that he gets off the, the field as soon as he can and into the designated role. Yeah, he. I like Eli Jimenez a lot. I do too. He's Eli's nemesis, though. So Eli, hopefully Eli is listening to this uh-huh. episode because Eli was always Eloy's nemesis because he stole his name and changed it. Yeah, that uh, works well. I like. So that. he'll he's probably happy about this. Uh, White Sox. The White Sox are my team. Their left fielder went for a spring training ball over the home run fence. And uh, as of this, hurt his shoulder. We don't know what. Hopefully it was not serious. But he's going to miss some time like a dork that he is. He's a dork. I love him. Well, he might have just gotten like a Charlie horse. It, yeah, it's, I bet he pulled a muscle. Hopefully he didn't tear the muscle. But... Uh, I think it's worth uh, I think it's worth pointing out that there's been like I'm just Manny Ramirez immediately comes to mind because that guy was a fucking liability in left field and one of the greatest hitters of all time. But you know what Manny Ramirez wouldn't do? He wouldn't have tried that hard to get that ball. (laughs) Well, I you know that's something that Manny Ramirez knew where his bread was buttered. Right, and it's the interesting thing also about Manny Ramirez is he season after season. Uh, was the league leader in outfield putouts, which was a combination uh, the left field in Fenway Park being yeah. confusing to hitters from out of town. But also people knew that he was a liability in left field and would just try to take the extra base on him all the time. And what he became good at was kind of like knowing what he was capable of doing and like really st- staying in that lane. Man, so, Manny Ramirez had a pretty accurate, deadly accurate arm though, too. He, he, he didn't have a terrible arm. He was a liability in the outfield, but I don't know how much of that was due to his arm. Yeah. And in left, field, time, that play, in left field in Boston, that of course plays really well. One time he caught a ball at the fence and then jumped up and high-fived to stand a fan in the stands and somebody scored. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. That's so worth it. That's so worth it. I love Manny Ramirez. They still play that clip. Like, it's worth it. But I think that, I think ultimately it it raises a more interesting point that, like, baseball was not made for these times, you know, and, like, like 100% competition all the time is maybe a way to get ripped abs, but in baseball it's a way to spend a lot of time on the DL. I mean, if you look at a player like Byron Buxton, who was like a number one prospect in baseball, came up to the twins and he plays fucking ball to the wall, runs as hard as he can into the wall all the time. And he's fucking hurt all the time. Right. And he's like and- cut short, cut short seasons. You know, it's like, it's like the, people bust on Robbie Cano for loafing out ground balls, but it's like, he knows that there's a 
better, you know, it's more likely that he's going to tear a muscle and miss time than he's going to leg out that single. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, and you know, while he may have had a hall of fame career, that's what ended Ken Griffey Jr.'s sort of string of dominance was exactly. injuries because he kind of aged so out of the body that he was used to playing in and didn't make the adjustment. No, you have to transition, but I think it's pretty hard to do when you're like the, one of the greatest athletes in the world, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That balls to the wall is a saying that actually has nothing to do with testicles. Hmm? What does it have to do? What is it about? It's a, it's a World War II Air Force saying that when you, uh, it's like, it's like you shift G-force? Air Force. Yeah. No, but, but is it in reference to like the G Force? Like you're, you're, it's, oh, never mind. Go ahead. No, it's like you're shifting all the way forward. You put the ball like you stick, sh- like whatever the Air Force equivalent of the stick shift right. all the way forward. Oh, yeah. Or like the, you know, the, yeah. Yeah. The also, go- the, the full nine yards, not a football reference, also a World War II military reference. Anyway, you guys are talking too much baseball. I had to derail the conversation. Right. I'm sorry. I feel like Thomas is stalling on his NLS preview right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 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 get no, no. Wait, no, I got to give my hot take. Sorry, ladies. Oh, yeah. My name's Joel. I'm coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. I'll try to make this quick. Today is March 24th. It's the second. Uh, we just finished the first weekend of March Madness, the only time when anybody pays any attention to college basketball. Shout out to all my Illini fan friends and fans. They went down in a blaze of glory to the University of Loyola, Chicago. Shout out to my one friend who went to the University of Loyola, Chicago. Good for them. Uh, so the Illini end in a disappointing fashion, but Pac-12 dominates. Oregon advances, Oregon State advances, UCLA advances, USC advances. What the Act, hell happened? Act 12's got four in the Sweet 16. Looking good for the West Coast, the best coast. So, also, Bill Walton, they asked him for his final four. Bill Walton's final four was Oregon, Oregon State, USC, UCLA, and Colorado. He gave five picks for his final <laughs> He was tripping so hard. I love that guy so much. So my hot take is, if it's Oregon v. UCLA in the final four, we need to fucking get Bill Walton to call that game. <laughs> like, who are we rooting for, right? In that game, I mean, I'm rooting for Oregon, but he he went to UCLA and then played for the Portland Trailblazers, so he'd he'd be happy. He'd probably root for UCLA, but I'm a big Bill Walton. You, fan. you made a point on Twitter that how what your West Coast heritage that was funny. Yeah, well, well, exactly. My uh, I am like the only, well, not the only, one of the very few members of my family who has actually never attended a Pac-12 school. Uh, sister started at UW, transferred to Oregon. Brother-in-law, Oregon State. Mom and dad, Cal. Grand, uh, uh, one grandpa, USC. The other grand, uh, grandpa, grad school at Stanford, I think. That, yes. Yeah, right? And yes. then other grandma, UCLA. So, Dang. Yep. So Pac-12, let's go. Well, and I think Jane went to Stanford for a minute, didn't she? 
I only do the the sweet briar. Sweet briar. She only talked about sweet briar. I thought she went. Maybe she. Maybe she only did. I don't know. I don't. She didn't get a degree from there, did she? No, no, no. Yeah. She might have attended at some point, though. Did Stanford even let women go? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> What a horrible world we lived in. <laughs> I got a, we should do a whole Stanford episode. Oh God, I don't know. Because I got some questions about Condoleezza Rice, Tiger Woods, and David Shaw, all with their Stanford connections. Anyway. Anyways. Let's go pack 12. This is probably the end of the road because they're all going to get wiped out by the remaining like elite teams. But let's go Pac-12, bring it on home, go Ducks. All right. All right, Thomas. So this is our last episode of our preseason 2021 division previews. Yes. And we saved the best for last. I guarantee it. Uh, Thomas <laughs> will get, run, us, run us through a preview of the National League West. National League West. Um, well, where do we start? Uh, the kind of there's a there's a certain air of dominance that has exuded from the Los Angeles area in this division for a period of time, and I expect that to continue in 2021. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers are preseason favorites by most to win the division, and if not win the World Series, go very far in the playoffs. Uh, most people are picking the Dodgers. A lot of the only reason people are really even interested at this point is that the Padres have obviously made a lot of changes and uh, steps in the direction of being a competitive baseball team in that division. I think that they've assembled a pretty good team. I don't think that they're going to challenge the Dodgers. Uh, the rest of the division is a little bit of a snooze. It's the Rockies, uh, the Diamondbacks, and uh, what is the other team? I forget. I don't know. Some team. Some team they, that might exist. I don't know. Diamondbacks, the Rockies, oh, the Giants, San Francisco the Giants. Giants. <laughs> That's my, my, my favorite team. As <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Was that a uh, bit, or did you actually forget about your second favorite baseball team? Uh, <laughs> I just forgot what I had said, I think. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the point being is that, so what are we going to talk about that's, like, interesting besides what the team? Give us Dodgers, a team. So I decided to go with the concept of, like, so what is the fans of each team hoping to see in 2021? So I'm going to go in order of the team's in how I expect them to finish. So I'm going to start with the Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers, do we want to talk about the preseason projections, Pakoda or Petico or yeah, Vegas or anything? I, They're all picking Dodgers. They're all picking San Diego. Yeah. yeah. Really, nobody's picking San Diego. The only difference in each is who is in last place, whether it's Colorado or Arizona. Huh. So, and yeah, Fangraphs has the... Dodgers having almost a 20% chance of winning the World Series. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Which I thought was kind of crazy. And then giving the Padres almost 13%, or I'm not sure what the latest one. Anyway, so the Dodgers won the World Series last year, or well, if last year existed. Quote unquote. Right, quote unquote. And uh, 
they are expected to repeat. They've made a few train changes with some personnel as of all the other teams, but uh, they still kind of look like they're going to win it. They lost Adam Kolarik, Dylan Floro from the bullpen, Jock Peterson and Kike Hernandez, also Pedro Baez from the bullpen. They added Corey Nabel to their bullpen. They asked uh, Tommy Canley from the Yankees and uh, one Trevor Bauer, who you might've heard of as well as Sheldon Noose. <laughs> uh, so their starting rotation looks dominant. I mean, they've got Bauer, they've got Clayton Kershaw, they've got uh, David Price at the back end. Why am I losing my notes here? Walker Bueller is the third, and Julio Urias, who has shown flashes but hasn't really taken off. But he looks like he could be a pretty decent left-hander in the rotation. Yeah, the uh, the law firm at... Uh... Bawu Bula Waku Price is looking pretty good. <laughs> and then they have Dustin May coming out of the bullpen and looking like he's going to be competing for a... And my guy, noted cat enthusiast, Tony Gonzalez. I like that. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about next was the bullpen still has noted cat enthusiasts. I wrote that in my notes. You did? Yes. Yeah, yes. Tony Gonzalez. Uh, they have Victor <laughs> Gonzalez, who struck out the side in the World Series last year and is a... Pretty nasty left-hander out of the bullpen, um, which is interesting. And Bruce Dark Greaterall, who they got in a trade with the Minnesota Twins, to go with Joe Kelly, who is everybody's favorite because he right. told Carlos Correa to where he goes, stick it, stick it, and uh, reco- whatever recovery maintenance return Corey Nabel and Blake Trinan, as well as Kenley Jansen, who has had some trials and tribulations, but will return in the close. Yeah, I got, I got two questions for you about the pitching. The, the uh, Jansen and then Julio Urias. Um, like, do you think Jansen is still going to be – Is I don't think he is a reliable closer. I don't think – I don't have a lot of faith in Kenley Jansen. I don't have – he's, he's the West Coast of all this Chapman, you know? But, like, but they also have Corey Nabel and Blake Trinan, I think, in, in kind of – response to that i think they got some older guy older ex reliever ex closers to to fill the role if kenley jansen can't do it i think they're hoping that Corey nabel who was an all-star in 2017 in uh, milwaukee uh returns to form and and then of course blake trinan was kind of unhittable with the a's for a minute so i don't know they're hoping to get anything they can out of him my other question about Urias, who i'm probably saying that incorrectly a lot of the shit I was reading was expecting a big season from him as like the budding star pitching, <clears throat> either starting or out of the bullpen. Do you agree with that? And do you like his glasses? I haven't seen, <laughs> I like his glasses. I haven't seen enough positive from him that makes me, I mean, his swaps, he walks too many people, I think. And uh, if he wasn't left-handed, I don't think he would really be talked about much. But okay. yeah. I, uh, I, I have something on that. Uh, I had him in my fantasy. I, like, <laughs> I picked him up. <clears throat> no, no, check this out. I picked him up in my fantasy team last year for a spot start at the beginning of the season, uh, and he sucked. And then I did it again later in the season. He had a he had a really strong end of season into playoffs and world series last yeah no he looked good in the playoffs that's it their bullpen some of their younger parts looked really good in the playoffs last year which i think doesn't bode well for the rest of the national league west Mm -hmm. and you know also the the other the other thing about that is that mac muncie and 
Cody Bellinger and even Justin Turner from a power perspective kind of had off years Mm -hmm. and their offense still clicked pretty well. So I think if I'm a Dodger fan right now, I'm really hoping that Clayton Kershaw has another run in him. I think if, if he can keep it up, uh, I think their starting rotation looks good. And that if Justin Turner and Cody Bellinger and Max Muncy can all kind of return to the form that they had in maybe the two seasons prior. Yeah, the I thing think- that scares me about the Dodgers is I think their weakness is their offense that includes two MVPs. Yeah, I mean, Mookie Betts, I think Corey Seager is really starting to come into his own. I think Corey Seager is going to be a heavy conversation for MVP this year, personally. Mm-hmm. If he can stay healthy. If he can stay, stay healthy. But I, and I, you know, I, if, he's, it, if he's not morbidly obese. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Dodgers are so deep and they have so much talent that they're really, it's going to be hard to catch them. Yeah. Even if, even if everything goes wrong, I think it's going to be hard for them. Do you think losing any of their, pe- I mean, they didn't really lose any quote unquote pieces. They lost Peterson and then uh, Hernandez. Do you think that's going to hurt them at all? I mean, their whole team was kind of, uh you know, spot start role players, you know what I mean? Like they have such a deep bench. So, I mean, I think that's going to put more pressure maybe on somebody like Max Muncy, Mm -hmm. but Bellinger has been part of that rotation and he's not going anywhere. I think he's a dominant player that will continue to be pretty good. I think. I also think think, it it can negatively affect Muncy, but other than that, I don't think it will. I think Jock Peterson was their fourth outfielder before they got Mookie Betts. Yeah, he was. So it's like not he a huge never ball. hit left-handers. He's right, exactly. <laughs> and that's what he's hoping to prove in Chicago. So I don't know. I think they, they have to have a lot go wrong, and I think that if they they're hoping for a return to form in a couple places, and if they have that, I don't really see. And if I was a Dodger fan, I'd feel actually I'd probably feel terrified because. That's what it's like to have a winner. I don't know yeah, that. Feeling. Something bad will happen. Sam, all right, Sam, we got to talk about this fucking billboard outside of Fenway thanking the Red <laughs> Sox. For yeah, who that's put fucked that? up. Who, who, explain that real quick if you can. I, I, we got I don't it. know. I just <clears throat> saw this thing on Twitter that was uh, some asshole got bought a billboard in Boston saying thanks for Mookie Betts. And I just feel like that's not something that you kind of fuck around with especially when like the red sox whooped the dodgers in the world series in 2018 like we're not looking looking at a rematch this season but like i i just don't i think that it's i think it's in poor taste honestly but also it's like you're just asking for mookie Betts to have like a career ending injury by like doing shit like that you know what i mean it's just bad juju yeah yeah right all right, San yeah. Diego. So Wheels, San Diego. San Diego is basically hoping what the opposite of what the Dodgers are hoping. Fans oh, wait, hoping. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. Okay. So you, a uh, Dodgers fan, you said this. So Dodgers fan. Hoping for a return to form from Max Muncy. World Series win. World Series win. Expecting a World Series win. That's what they're it, That's expectation. <laughs> I think that if you're the Dodgers and you don't win the World Series this year after picking up the NL Cy Young winner from last season, then like you have not had a successful season. Yeah, I think that's 100 percent their thought process. I don't. I think that the Dodgers also agree that 2020 didn't happen and they want to win the World Series. They want to win. Right. If that was the only World Series, 
Go ahead. Sorry. Like the thing that I think is important to say about the Dodgers is they've won the NL West eight years in a row. Yeah. And and they've only won the World Series once. They've lost it a couple of times. And they've had some really bad playoff exits. Failures. Yeah. So like they still they still have a, a like ways like they've been dominant, but they still have something to prove. If like they're not gonna go down in history as an all-time team unless they can win at least one more real world series, even though that they've like dominated the division for almost a decade. And and yeah, the 100%. national league and the national league for right five years, really. If if they've been I mean the only time they lost was the Nats that won the World Series. Right. It's just like, it's really hard to win the division eight years in a row. Mm -hmm. But it it means nothing because of their lack of success kind of in the... I agree with you 100%. I think that they're going hard for 2021 for that very reason. I think they don't don't want that to be the only feather in their cap for this, for this, whatever... Against the Tampa Bay Rays, and does it really count if your World Series win is against the Tampa Bay Rays? Yeah, in a season where everyone only played a maximum of sixty games, and the St. Louis Cardinals played like seventeen. Right, the St. Louis Cardinals came in at about forty games. (laughs) Yeah, so basically, they're hoping for a return to form and uh, Clayton Kershaw to keep his arm on him. And they're and they're hoping for some some development in their bullpen. I think their bullpen could be kind of a body if they don't develop those guys. So anyway, some of the Padres fans are hoping for the exact opposite of that, plus the, a couple of other things. I think they're yeah they want Clayton Kershaw to fall on his face, which I think is not all that impossible. He might have he's he's getting old, and I think Muncie might have more pressure on him because of this. Jock Peterson being gone and he's going to be getting more regular playing time, I think, when Kike Hernandez being out gone. So I I, I don't expect Muncie to continue. And I think that, that might happen. Um, but the Padres also have assembled a pretty formidable team. For those of you who don't know, they acquired you Darvish and Blake Snell in the offseason to go along with their start. Oh, and Joe Musgrove. I'm sorry, they acquired him in the offseason too. Go along with Chris Paddock, who's long been developed and is potentially really good and Denelson Lamette who had some kind of injury and his projections going forward are a little spotty because everybody's not really sure if he's going to be healthy enough and Clevenger too right isn't he still with the Padres Mike Clevenger is Mike Clevenger was signed at the end of the year last year and he immediately went to Tommy John so he's recovering from Tommy John and won't appear this year I don't think think oh I didn't realize it was that I thought he was going to be back at some point no, he got Tommy John. He probably will not pitch in 2021. Oh, bogus. I know. I, I, that was my thought also. So, yeah, they, they're – but they have, a, they have a decent bullpen. They have uh, Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis obviously anchoring their lineup with Tommy Pham and Will Myers, Jake Cronenworth. Was, was he the big rookie of the year last year? I can't remember. Yeah, well, for them, I mean, Seattle had the rookie. Oh, did Cronenworth win NL? National League? I think he might have been the National League. I can't remember. I should I should have noted yeah, that. Cronenworth and Cronenberg confused. Austin Nola broke his middle finger, their projected starting catcher. 
Yeah, that's the best thing. Yeah, um, I think that they they also got and they also they also picked up in the offseason a uh, Ha Seung King Kim maybe. Yeah, I can't that guy's good. From South Korea. Yeah, that guy's real good. And Jurics and Profar, um, who they're kind of it could be interesting stories this year. The Padres have a lot of capacity to be really interesting. Obviously, I think Fernando Tatis is a pretty magnetic ball player. He's fun to watch. But watching Hassan King, Kim, and Jerickson Profar, see if Jerickson Profar can ever live up to his top uh, prospect status and kind of get it together. And Joe, Jake Cronenberg, see how what he what he looks like in his second season. I don't know. There's some interesting storylines there, but I, I think their hope for World Series or bust is going to be a bust. I, I just don't see them. I can see them winning the wild, advancing in the wild card, but I don't see them winning the division unless things go terribly wrong in Los Angeles. So my whole thing, and I'm going to say something deeply unpopular, but I'm okay with that because I, you know, I've got the courage to say the hard truths that other people don't have the courage to say. Yeah, they don't but, have the stones for it. Exactly. Um, Is that an airline, airplane? <laughs> <laughs> Someone can be good and overrated. Fernando Tatis is good, but he's overrated. Right? What about, what about Derek Jeter? Yeah, Derek Jeter is not that good. And he is the well, most. So, but you're saying you can be good and overrated. That's what I'm saying. Jeter is not, not good or, and is over he is overrated and like yeah, you can also be bad and overrated. you can be bad and overrated that's easy it's easy to be bad and overrated lots of fucking <laughs> people concepts and ideas are bad and overrated but people don't people get mad at me because i say that guy that john carlos stanton no no really a-rod good Overrated. Jimmy Sanchez, things. absolute bag of shit. <laughs> overrated. <coughs> yeah. Uh, but like Tatis, like, like I, 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 like Tatis is good, but he's overrated. He is what? probably like a top twenty or thirty player in Major League Baseball. Right? What would you say about Manny Machado or Eric Hosmer? I think Eric Hosmer is underrated. I'm a big Eric Hosmer fan. Interesting. I think uh, Eric Hosmer I think is Manny Machado was, I would say Manny Machado is good but overrated. I think uh, I think Eric Hosmer is terrible. Yeah, I'm a big Eric Hosmer and overrated. Fan. I think Manny Machado is good and overrated. And, overrated. and I think Fernando Tatis is good. And correctly rated because you know, I, I okay, here's what I think about Fernando Tatis Jr. is that he has like yet to prove whether or not he's overrated. Like I think that the I think that the San Diego Padres, when they gave him his big contract contract, were investing in his potential because I think that he has the potential to be amazing. And whether or not he like shakes out that way is yet to be determined. Um, and they made kind of a gamble on that based on <clears throat> presumably knowing him. You know what I mean? But I, I think that you couldn't say 
that he doesn't have the tools to be as good as Mookie Betts, but you, it would be, you can't say that he's that good right now. I don't think. Right. I agree with that. Like you can't have him in the same conversation with players like Mookie Betts and uh, Mike, the weather, Mike Trout. Yeah. Weatherman. People like that because Kyle Seeger. It's a TBD. (laughs) (laughs) Jose Abreu. Um, so, well, I agree with that. I, I think, I think that's why, that's why I don't think he's overrated is because I think he has the potential to be right. All of those things. Um, and he's still early in his career. I think Manny Machado's overrated. Actually, I don't think Manny Machado's overrated. I Manny think Machado good. is good at baseball. He's I think he's fine. one of the best baseball players around yeah. really, or yeah. was, maybe not this. But he's a, he's a $300 million man. He's not that good. But he's like, than Bryce he's, he is one of the best defensive players I've ever played. I mean, I, that, he's Wait, one of the best defensive third basemen of our generation. He is the best defensive baseball player Thomas has ever played against. <laughs> I didn't say that. I wasn't going to say that. I didn't fucking say that. Fuck you. I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. San Diego lost Mitch Moreland, Zach Davies, Trevor Rosenthal, and Kirby Yates. I think their bullpen's going to be weird. Mm, that's a good point um, um so yeah i don't know i i think the padres fans are hoping for world series and i think they're not going to get it but they're also hoping for a lot of things to go i'm on. a big you dovish fan and i'm a big well. Blake snell fan do you Me think that's like how do you stack padres v dodgers at uh starting rotation i mean the dodgers rotation is deeper Maybe I don't know. I mean, you Darvish and Blake Snell, and uh, I think are, but I, I think the the Padres bullpen could be better. I think without Lamette, they're they're looking for something because then they're hoping for a lot out of Paddock and Musgrove. I think Darvish and Snell at the top is better than Kershaw and Bueller or Ooh, I like that. Or <clears throat> I mean, I, Bauer I think is still pretty nasty. I think I think Bauer and Bueller are going to be the the top two in the Dodgers bullpen or rotation. And I think those against you, Darvish and Blake Snell is kind of a wash. I think that's a pretty, although I don't know. And beyond I mean, that, I, I think, think the Dodgers is going to get arrested for storming the Capitol. Bauer could have a shit year. I mean, there could be expectations on him that he wasn't anticipating and he might have a shit year, Yeah, but I don't know. What else is going on in the uh, National League West? Yeah, okay, on to the shit teams. We talked about the two good teams. Let's well, talk. We, okay, so let's just go. You know, so the Aaron Di- the Diamondbacks are returning some. They've got they've got some youth. They've got some curious storylines for their future prospects. Zach Gallen Gallen suffered a broken arm, I think, in just earlier this week, and will be out for a large chunk of the season, if not the whole season, which is a sort of a a bit of a bummer for them, but they got, you know, they got the Caleb Smith and Merrill Kelly guys that are kind of interesting young guys. And then they got Christian Walker and Josh Rojas and Carson Kelly, who's a pretty cat, good catcher. I don't know. They've got some interesting young guys coming up, but I still don't think that they're going to make a ton of splash. I think their Arizona diamond facts are back fans are hoping for greater progress out of their rookies and maybe for a return to form from Eduardo Escobar, who's showed flashes, but hasn't really, uh, had kind of the success he had in Minnesota. They've got Baumgartner at the top of their rotation. So I think Oof. that's a little bit tough for them. He can hit. 
He can hit. Yeah. He can he'll punch <laughs> dudes too, probably. Yeah. Right. He can rope. <laughs> he can drive a uh, RV in you know, an RV dirt bike. Oh, so oh yeah, that's what you yeah. heard. No, he can't. He can't drive a dirt bike. That's the problem. <laughs> um, I watched one spring training game between the White Sox and the Diamondbacks on the Arizona, uh, like whatever you know, NBC Sports broadcast. And now, uh, get ready. I'm gonna draft in the late rounds of our fantasy draft only Arizona Diamondbacks because I <laughs> about all these two. I was like, oh, this, this catcher is pretty good. I'm going to draft him. You know what? Also, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks commentators are good. Yeah, they are good. They're really good. They're really, I've watched a couple of their games also. Those guys are funny. <laughs> oh, that's it. I don't, I don't, I guess now that I think about it, maybe I do remember them kind of being funny. They also got Cole Calhoun, who's kind of been shitty in the right field for the Angels under Mike Trout's wing. I always used to go to the Angels games and yell at Cole Calhoun, like, he doesn't actually like you, you know? Like, he doesn't think you're cool. He's just acting like your friends. And he would, people would always think that was a really rude thing to say. <laughs> Kind of yep. rude. Cole Calhoun kind of sucks, but I think it's funny that he's on the Arizona Diamondbacks. I also think it's funny that they got a bunch of guys in their bullpen named Taylor and Tyler. <laughs> They're all Mormons. That was actually there was two of those things in the National League West that I noticed. And the, the 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 Diamondbacks have Taylors and Tylers, and the Giants have Brendans and Brandons. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought those those were sort of like you go with what works. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, well, I guess that brings us to the Giants, my beloved San Francisco Giants. That you forgot about, like, 20 minutes ago. I didn't really forget about them. I just <laughs> forgot that I hadn't said their name yet. Uh, the Giants were, of course, World Series champion perennially in the 2010s, 10, 12, and 14. They were biannual, like the flower. It was, uh, yeah, they, yeah, that's right. Thank you, Joel. That was beautiful. And... I think that Giants fans are hoping that they can rest on the laurels of those championships still, which if I've noticed anything about recent San Francisco Giant fans, it's that all they seem to care about are those three years. Uh, My hot take might have been that San Francisco Giant fans, which I am one, sort of suck right now. (laughs) But the point being is that I think the Giants with their commitment I, I think the giants might have done a thing where they committed to their core in a way that was detrimental to their future past world series prospects they committed to buster posey buster posey brandon belt and brandon crawford are all in the opening day lineup projected to be and those guys are old maybe not that old but they've been giants forever i mean buster posey has been a giant forever and I think that they're kind yeah, of giants are running the 2010 all stones out there. Yeah. And they're, they're, and they're running them into the ground. And I think that that's probably a commitment to them and being like, Oh yeah, we're not even going to develop people behind you. You're our shortstop for the future. I love Brandon Crawford, but you know, not washing your hair is not going to work this year. I think. Anyway, that was a dumb joke. Yeah. Uh, they uh, also have Johnny Cueto in the, in their starting the rotation. Old- He's old too. Yeah, he's super old. Kevin Gossman is going to be their opening day starter. Um, yeah, I just I think the Giant fans are 
they got some interesting movement coming up. They got Donovan Solano and, of course, the son of Carl Yastrzemski, yeah, Mike Yastrzemski. That, that was my one San Francisco question was Yastrzemski. There's also I, Mauricio Dubon. There's, and I mean, they also have an outfielder named Alex Dickerson. That's actually pretty exciting to watch. I think they've got some interesting prospects and they're always kind of perennially developed. Now they're developing, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I expect them to be better in the future, but this is not the year. Oh, they have Evan Longoria projected to maybe start at third base. Also 2010 also. I think but that, not with the Giants. He was with the, he was with like the first iteration of Tampa Bay that we went yeah. I think that the uh, I think that the Giants, like in 2015, were like, or maybe 2016, right? They're like, we're not going to be able to hang with the Dodgers who are spending all of this fucking money, mm-hmm. and we're going to wait. We're going to like hang out and develop our prospects for all like five years until it's our time to kind of try to take down the Dodgers. Because it's just the Dodgers spend so much fucking money and nobody can really hang with them. So you just kind of kind of wait until all, you know, the Kershaws and, you know, Max Muncy and Justin Turner start to be like being owed a lot of money and not producing very much. And then it's like time to try again. Um, but I don't think that it is smart baseball business to spend money to try to compete with the Dodgers right now. Okay. And I think that the, I think that the giants are a smart money like baseball team. Yeah, maybe I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, Although now you have the Padres that are going to be good for a long time. So their, their windows changing. I mean, I, it's hard to, I, you know, we. Started- I, think the, I think the Padres are shooting their shot too early. That's what I think. Yeah, no, I think you, yeah, you said that. It's, I uh, think it's like 2023 is when you try to start taking on the Dodgers in the NL West. Yeah, you might be right. But, I mean, yeah. Who knows? I kind of agree with you. I think the Dodgers are going to win. Although I forgot to mention how much I hate Chris Taylor and how I expect him to be crummy this year, too. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. I, I, I would like to think that, but I think what I was going to say is that I think we always kind of expect or sort of assume these projection windows, you know, like the Mariners were like, we're going to compete in 2021 to 2023. That's when we're going to start competing and it's 2021 and their front office is now like, oh yeah, no, we're still like a year or two away from being competitive. And I was like, well, you said this was the window, but I think it's really difficult to sort of see who's going to develop and who's not going to develop. Unless you have like a shit ton of prospects that all kind of develop at the same time, it's going to take a lot of other moves and you kind of need to know when to go for it. I don't really know what the giant state of their uh, minor leagues is at this point. I know that they have a couple of prospects, but uh, it's hard. I think it's hard, really hard to predict predict that stuff i think the giant the, the the dodgers won on a couple of like rehab assignments they kind of like turned some players around and that sort of work like developing players that have been discarded by other teams is a that's a that's an positive attribute that the dodgers developed at some point like they didn't develop all those players they also got frank mccoy to sell that team that's what changed right and then they bought the red sox <laughs> remember it was like the, the red sox had that really catastrophic season when bobby valentine was the manager and they had 
really high payroll of all of these guys. A couple of them were good and a lot of them weren't. And then the Dodgers just bought all their contracts. Like new ownership yeah. bought the Dodgers yeah. and then they yeah. And then they bought the Red Sox and they've just been buying everything since. And, you know, they do have like a lot of good homegrown players, but, you know, Trevor Bauer is not from there. Mookie Betts isn't from there. Um, I mean, David Price. I'm on the David Price bandwagon, you know that. Jansen's not from there. Like they, they buy, they like spend a lot of money on people that they want, you know? Uh, do we want to talk about the Colorado Rockies? Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. I don't know. Colorado Rockies they're are fun. Be, I went to Colorado Rockies games. They're going to be really bad. I think that their fans are hoping that they're not the worst team in baseball. Pittsburgh. Ooh. They got Pittsburgh to be worse. Oh, and Baltimore. And probably Baltimore. Yeah. And I well, think. Here's a question uh, about the Rockies. Is what team is Trevor Story going to end the 2021 season on? What's he oh. play? Is he a shortstop? Shortstop. Yep. He's a good shortstop. Nobody needs a shortstop. Everyone's got a good shortstop. But it's his he's playing a contract year. Um, and the type of contract he's gonna get, the Rockies aren't gonna wanna like they're not it's they're Here's too my- far away from a rebuild to spend that kind of money on him. So it makes sense for them to trade him at the deadline this season. I here's my here's my here's my 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 shot. I'm taking my shot. Okay. Glaber Torres has a terrible season. Gets you're sent right, to Triple A. Right. The Yankees trade for him at, at the trade deadline, and then trade Glaber. 100 percent. You are correct. I was like the Yankees. That was the game. Yeah, I was like the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got What's Philly. It's too easy. It's yeah, he's going to the Yankees, man. Uh, I think Rymel Tapia in the center field is kind of interesting for the Rockies. I think Trevor Story is kind of interesting. I think that Rockies fans will be curious to see what Charlie Blackman's beard looks like this year. See, if 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 I'm one of the more pissed off fan bases, I'm the Colorado Rockies fan. Hundred percent. Because they had a good team. Like, what the fuck happened? Like, and there was nothing external as far as i know that like they can't get pitching to stick there what you, you don't get paid to stay in denver huh Pitch, pitchers don't want to pitch there i don't know kyle freeland's pretty good Herman marquez has had pretty good success there but like you uh dj lemayhew nolan Arenado, like they they had blackman story Arenado lemayhew you got and four fucking all-stars. That's as good an offensive four as you're going to get. Yeah, it's so good. And they're all white people. Oh, what? Which plays well in Colorado. <laughs> white people? They're all white people. <laughs> and Is it Nolan Arenado Latina? No, I don't think so. Maybe, he's, maybe he is. Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I be real does it get? Not I didn't actually want to make this racist, but I was like, <laughs> you had a really good team, Colorado. I'm not calling the Colorado Rockies racist. I'm sorry. Fuck. You were. <laughs> or else you were being racist. I don't quite know. <laughs> <I was, you laughs> 
plays really well in dead blue when your infield is all white guys with big beards like lovely jacks he's from california nolan arenado so lots, maybe, of, lots of latinos that doesn't mean anything <laughs> right. anyway the point being they had a good team and they traded it away. They had a really good team. Yeah, they had a really good team and they gave it away for like pittances. Not much. Not like they didn't get a return. Like the Cardinals got such a steal on that, Arenado. And honestly, I, he's from his Cuban ancestry. Okay. All right. So they had a half. Latino guy. I'm just gonna keep digging up till I get out of this hole. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. It's too late, Jill. Let's just move on. <laughs> like I don't and maybe release this episode along with like five other episodes at the same time. <laughs> Hopefully, we bury this episode. Uh, <laughs> like I'm not a DJ LeMahieu fan, but he's good, and the Yankees kind of stole him from the Rockies, right? I think that you're on the good point that the Rockies fans should be pissed at their ownership for selling a bunch of players. Not much. Why are you <laughs> booing? I'm right. I didn't boo. No, sorry. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, the uh, they should be pissed, but they're all too stoned, probably, yeah. to care much. Also, um, mushrooms are legal in Denver now. Right. Which would explain some of the moves that the Rockies front office has been making. Yeah, it doesn't look like they even really have that many good prospects. Yeah. Like, and they, the they didn't get a, like, that's my other point. They didn't get a haul. Like, right. if you're going to deal LeMayhew or if you're going to deal Arenado, you need to get a, a haul. I mean, weren't they all free agents? Arenado wasn't. I know that. Wasn't, I mean, he wasn't. wasn't. Are you a free agent? Yes. Okay. Okay, then I hate that guy. <laughs> I like DJ LeMayu. No. Average. Nah. We got to wrap this up. Okay, so we went through the five teams. I do want to say really quickly, all right, here's my connection to the Colorado Rockies, which is tenuous, but I want to say it. Growing up in Bend, Oregon, their first single-A team was the Bend Rockies. And so I became a huge Bend Rockies fan. Well, through them, a Colorado Rockies fan. Well, Joel, I mean, you're missing out. A large part, part of that was the fact that I was a season ticket holder to the inaugural season That's of the Colorado Rockies. What? Yeah. 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 It's true. I was, I was, what was that 96 95 um yeah i can't remember 94 yeah 94 sounds right i was at the inaugural colorado rocky the first colorado rockies game do you remember that who they play yeah, i remember exactly i don't remember who they played but eric young senior hit a pop-up i told this story before tell me on this podcast, he had a pop fly. Would they, the first game was played at Mile High Stadium because they hadn't built a baseball stadium. And Mile High Stadium is a football stadium, and it's only a certain length. So left field was only like three, I think three hundred even, maybe like three ten. And in Colorado, as everybody knows, the ball flies. I mean, right field was really deep because it was a football stadium, but 
Eric Young led off the game and he hit a pop fly. It was, we were sitting, we had seats like up in the, on the third level or whatever, but kind of like up behind home plate. They were pretty good seats as you could see kind of right down, but he hit a, what looked like a pop fly, but it just kept going and 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 came down. Like it was like a straight up in the air and came straight down, like directly on the other side of the fence for a home run. Like I think it was the lead off first Rockies batter, maybe even or first home game batter. Damn. And it was an indication of Rockies baseball to come from day on out. Yeah, but it was fun. Awesome. It, was, it, was, it was cool to go. I went to a lot of Rockies games with Dante Bichette and Andres Galarraga and Vinny Castilla, but they never could get pitching. They went to the they went to the playoffs. They made the playoffs. I went to like a one game. They tied or something like that. They had like a one game playoff in the, in like ninety six or ninety five or something. I should look it up. I'm supposed to do this. No, uh, we'll do a Rockies episode later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Dump on the Yump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. That's been our NL West preview. Sorry, the Empire wins again. It's going to be the Dodgers. Sorry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Sam. Next week is our, well, actually, guys, is there going to be real baseball by the time we broadcast next? No. No. no we got one no, more, more week. We got one more week before the real season starts. So tune in next week for our picks and predictions of the Major League Baseball season. First real season since 2019. I want to thank Sam and Thomas for being here. Uh Check us out on all your social. I'm going to make this quick. Check us out on all your social media applications, Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud. Check us out on Instagram. They are all dump on the ump. You can also uh, follow us on Apple iTunes. If you do, give us a rating and review and a subscription. Thomas, have you stolen anyone's phone and subscribed them to our podcast yet? We've been in quarantine. I haven't been around that many people. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, when you get out of quarantine, that's your job to tell. That's a lie. I've been out. started off this episode saying you had people come in from out of town. So <laughs> <laughs> they've been vaccinated for the record. Well, when you go to a bar, steal your, uh, the person next to you, steal their phone, subscribe to Dump on the Ump, and then put the phone back in their pocket. You might do have to tell not, them Do not tell them. All right. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. For Thomas and for Sam, my name is Joel. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Thank you.